Does everybody know what time it is? Time to get your head tilt game on because we're coming in for a kiss. That's right. It's kind of gross, but it's time for grunt work. Guess who just got back today? It's them wild-eyed boys who've been away. Haven't changed that much to say, but man, those cats are crazy. They'd been asking if you were around, etc., etc., etc. The boys are back in town, and we're those boys. I'm Truman, the editor man, Caps. With me, as always, is my co-host Landon, the everything else man, Solano. And this is Grunt Work, the podcast where we watch every episode of the TV series Home Improvement and then talk about it. Landon, we just kicked off season two. Season two is... Here to stay. <laughs> yep. The, the, and the we're next, off to a good start. The next eight seasons will all be season two. It's funny how that works. How how do you feel right now? This is a milestone for oh, us. My God. Uh it is a milestone for us. Um I I feel a little tingly, a little confused. Uh it's almost like my first kiss. I well, that's I thought we weren't gonna talk about that on the air, man. What ha- what happened during the when Carmen Finestra's name came up, I just was overcome by emotion and I I had to act on it somehow. Henceforth oh we shouldn't sit on the same couch and <laughs> indeed get a chaperone in here. Yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna yeah, get a big barrier uh put between the couch cushions, like partitions. This is um, this is why a lot of podcasts have three hosts because it's like one keeps the other two from getting too close. This is the danger <laughs> that we get into. Um, so we got a few things to talk about here up at the the start of the show. Yes. Okay. We need to talk. Yeah. Uh, okay. First of all, I want to just uh, do a little follow up on our end of the season spectacular. You and I posed um, a little debate over who the season one MVP was. Yes, we did. And our choice was correct. <laughs> oh, I mean Al. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. I'm yes, sorry. it was Richard Carn. Yes, uh, playing Al. Um, we also put it out on Twitter for the People's Choice MVP of season one, mm-hmm. uh, and the results are in. Oh my! What do they say? Have you got the oh, open the envelope, please? Oh. Wow, that's such a realistic envelope that you've got there. <laughs> I'm so glad that we thought ahead and actually put it in an envelope. <laughs> it's definitely not a receipt. Open the digital envelope. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny thing is it's a receipt for an envelope. Oh yeah, it might actually be. The results are as yes. such. So we we put the four main contenders out there: Earl Hinman as Wilson, Tim Allen as Tim Taylor, Richard Carn as Al Borland, and Patricia Richardson as Jill Taylor. Yes. Okay. From descending to the winner, we've got for ten percent of the votes <laughs> goes to Wilson. Yes, as season one. Next up, Tim Allen receives 20% of the votes. Ooh. Yeah. It was a a neck-and-neck tie between the top two. Yeah. Did, did like, one person vote for Gary Johnson and throw it to Tim Tim Allen? (laughs) Um, So this was a neck-and-neck tie until the last hour of voting. Mm -hmm. Patricia Richardson (gasps) edged out Richard Karn by 40% to 30%. Oh, my God. It, this is and this is the thing, man. This is the beauty of democracy. You never yeah. know what's going to happen. Exactly. So I mean, just because we, you know, obviously that's not who we would have picked. And so I, I mean, I, you know, I guess I'm glad for Patricia Richardson yeah. that, that the fan base supported yes, exactly. her where we did not. I, I uh, secretly like that we can have uh, both answers. That we we yes. get to pick Richard Carr while uh, the people get to pick Patricia Richardson because they are both deserving uh, equally. Exactly. It's like it's like Richard Carn is the head of state, but uh, but 
uh, Patricia Richardson is like the, the like the queen. She's like the, the of the people, like <laughs> the high priestess of pop, as she calls herself <laughs> in flying sauces. <laughs> yes, the, she makes she makes the ritual sacrifices in order to get all those uh, sweet sweet harmonies and catchy <laughs> lyric hooks. <laughs> Do we want to talk? There's so much that happened in the first seconds. Yes. Of this. Well, let me, let me give you a quick synopsis of what this episode's about. Yeah, actually, yeah, let's do that. And then first. we'll, we'll do the deep dive. Yeah. Oh All my right. God. In the season two premiere called Read My Hips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you didn't tell me that ahead of time. I, that's what, because this, wait, this was, this is 1992. This, yeah, this is still in 92. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so topical. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> um, Tim has, uh, has his masculinity cranked up to 11, and uh, he kind of lambasts a mailbag submission that claims that his grunting has gone too far. Uh, this may make for high-energy television, but when Jill wants to surprise him with a uh, special romantic evening, uh, he doesn't pick up on her subtle signals to come home. Tim, of all people, not picking know, up right? on a signal. Uh, this leads to strife between them, uh, and it's not until a talk with Wilson that he realizes that he might not listen as hard uh, as he needs to for Jill's needs, and in a little bit of role-playing as a telephone repairman, uh, tries to set things right. <gasps> Meanwhile, Brad and the one and only Jenny Sudarsky... Ah, Jenny, back again, season two. ...about to have their first kiss. They are on the, just, just on the cusp of it. They come so close. Spoiler <laughs> alert. It doesn't have... Do you, Okay, actually, first question. Yeah. When do you think these, when do you think these crazy kids are gonna kiss? Is it a three episode arc? Ooh. Is it gonna, or is it season, series finale? <laughs> they series kiss? finale, yeah. I, exactly. Yeah. They, they're just teasing this, uh, this kiss for, uh, another, until they're like 16 years old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> What's surprising to me, how, how both parents, are, are cautioning him so strongly against kissing her. Like, I had that note written here, like, what, why don't these parents want their kids to kiss? It's, it's like, it's like, Brad is, what, 13, 14 at this point? No, I'd say he's maybe 12 at the most. Oh, God. 11 tw or 12. 12 year olds kissing. Oh, God, what will <laughs> they do next? Like, it'd be one thing if they were wanting to, you know, uh, go off and, and shoot heroin and give each other yeah, hand right. jobs, but this is literally like two kids sitting in the backyard wanting to have a smooch on the lips. Listen. And, an innocent smooch on the lips is the first step toward twelve-year-old pregnancy. Yeah, so you got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the uh, that's the real problem. You've got to you've got to educate kids about the dangers of kissing, which Tim tries to do by explaining that you have to tilt your head. Each person has to tilt their head so as to not bump noses. Yeah, or uh, as he says, find a girl with a nose big enough that you could fit inside. And that is a fetish. I don't I don't <laughs> know what it's called necessarily, but if if. Overalls are a fetish and mimes are a fetish than, than large noses that you can nest your nose inside of. <laughs> nose files. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't know. To, to me, it's really, uh, it's just sort of one of those uh, glorious moments frozen in time yeah. back when, uh, back when young people would just take the time to kiss each other a little bit. You know, folks, what people don't do anymore, they don't, they don't just kiss anymore. They just jump straight ahead to other hanky panky with their swiping left and their swiping right. Why can't more people be like the Taylor family? So paranoid about kisses. And that uh, has been a day and a place and a time of another time. <laughs> Feature, featuring the ghost of Andy Rooney doing a <laughs> shitty impression of himself. Uh, so, look, okay, but this kissing, we've gotten ahead yeah. of ourselves. Well, I mean, there's not much to talk about it. It's two scenes, and they don't ever, it doesn't come to fruition. They, like, almost kiss, they and then Tim so interrupts close. them, and that's it. I I have been spoiled by television, because I think that for so long, so... 
uh, Jenny and Brad are in the backyard at one point, uh, and they've just come back from playing, from, she's been watching him play football in the yeah. park, and they sit down out back there, and he's talking about some football injury, and she says, oh, this one time I fell off my bike, and I got this big cut, and it was all green with pus, do you want to see the scar? And they're, like, both looking at the scar on her knee, and their faces are close, and they're starting to kiss, like, get, get leaning into each other, and then Tim comes out in the backyard, and is like, ah, oh, Jill, where are you? <laughs> and, and just like that he's waving his hands back and forth the way i did uh but i am i i was actually caught off guard by tim interrupting the kiss because i think for so long i feel like for the it was a trope for so long mm. for two people to be about to kiss and then someone interrupts them yeah that i think that that pop culture as a whole quit doing that like 10 years ago and so more because <laughs> yeah. i remember there's a bunch of shows i've watched more recently where people are about to kiss and i'm like oh man they're gonna get interrupted but then they do kiss yeah and it's like oh great they're not doing that so anymore. you were like expecting a this magic moment yeah El- yeah wilson is back there doing his best elvis impression <laughs> do, 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 <laughs> as he's doing with the pollinating yeah exactly well it's either yeah it's, it's either elvis or it's robert goulet i feel like he's a big time <laughs> big time goulet head yeah but yeah, so so I was I was surprised that they were doing that, and it was kind of a nice little. I don't know why I, ex- I don't know why I consistently expect more from Home Improvement <laughs> than being a '90s sitcom. No, but you're saying something that I think is important to like uh, constantly remind yourself to contextualize it of when it was made versus holding it to today's <laughs> expectations. And you know, and so long as we are talking about, uh, so long as we're talking about kissing, I should just point out, uh, Randy in this episode. Uh, hey, he seems he seems oddly interested in watching his brother kiss a girl. And let me say, yeah. when your name is Randy, you're already inviting certain jokes. But like, like the, the one of his yeah. the first scene in the episode, like Jill and Randy are in the kitchen, and we can see through the window Brad and Jenny talking out back by the play structure. Mm-hmm. And Randy says something to, to Jill, like, Jill, like, "Oh man, he's been talking to he's been talking to Jenny for like an hour. I think they're gonna kiss." <laughs> and he, like, Jill is trying to get him to go do something else, but he yeah. does not want to leave the window. Like, right. this is. Is this just what... Is there is there a trait of psychopaths that they become uh, fascinated with uh, others' ability to connect with one another? Well, you think about, looking He's back... Like, at, I'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill Jenny Sadarsky, because <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I, think, I think what it is, you know, you look at, like, uh, Son of Sam, or also the Zodiac Killer, uh, both of them, who did they primarily prey on? It was couples in cars, oh, on lover's yeah. lanes. And maybe maybe Randy's like, I'm going to kill Brad. Jenny should be mine because I have to learn from her father, Robert Durst. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. so much untapped knowledge it, to gain. There's something very Dickensian here. There's that idea of like, I don't know which story it was where there's the whole school for like street urchin robbers. But maybe that <laughs> Robert Durst operates... Uh, it's like it's like a reverse evil version of X Men, where like he <laughs> operates this this evil uh, this evil school to teach kids how to be serial yeah. killers. Basically. Yeah, if the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants had a, a Xavier Institute. Yeah, <laughs> but except they're not even mutants. It's just the Brotherhood of creepy rich dudes <laughs> with with poor conflict resolution abilities. <laughs> Listen, it's never been disproven that Robert Durst has uh, mutant powers. That, that, That's that all is, I'm saying. He has mutant burping abilities. <laughs> It's not really a good mutation. It's not yeah, very helpful for solve, for fighting crime, but it's it's great if you're trying to you know make a room full of six year olds laugh yeah, and incriminate yourself. Uh, yes. Oh my god. Um. um all right. So okay, but 
can we talk yes. about the first millisecond? I always want to put time between you and talking about candy <laughs> construction for some reason. You want, yeah, it's just, I feel I feel like the, the theme of this show is just me trying to talk about the thing that's important and you just throwing up obstacles. That's the great tension and conflict between us. Oh my god. Alright, let's talk about what we have for the first time, our cold open before the theme song. Ice cold. It took you... So by surprise. I really, I, I, we try not to talk during the episode so we can save all that fresh home improvement goodness for, for you fine uh, people. Yeah, but I like to be able to comment on your reactions to things. I just, I was so, like, we, there is a tradition in, when we, when we start the show, and the, tr- the tradition, it doesn't really involve much from us, but we push play, and then we see the opening credits to home improvement. Yeah, So yeah. I'm kind of expecting, <laughs> Uh, but we don't Flawless. get that. It was really, it was really yeah. good. It was really good. It's almost as if you dropped the track right onto our podcast. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I beatboxed too, but don't <laughs> ask me to. Uh, but so we we hit play, and instead the first thing we get, the very first moment, the first instant of season two is a transition <laughs> from nothing. <laughs> Into something. Oh my god. On, on, since, we, since we're already plugging my favorite podcast earlier, on the Flophouse, a joke they com- commonly make when they're talking about how a movie starts is, we smash cut to the beginning of the movie, because, <laughs> which, yeah. Yeah, this is... This is that. We transition into the start of the show, but it's, like, it transitions, like, the blackness on the screen... Yeah. Just flies backwards into into and that we're on the set yeah. of Tool Time. Tim just being incredibly in your face right out the gate. Even literally at one point when he gets super close to the, the camera. camera. Right. Yeah. So so right on the set of Home Improvement, I am already I'm so caught off guard. I'm 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 yelling and shouting and clattering about. Uh, but we have Tim and and Al on the set of Home Improvement. It is their Toolman salute, and they do the salute, and it goes. Doi! Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is going to become. I mean, this isn't the first time we've seen it, but this is like it's hitting its stride of them doing their salute sound effect yeah. to safety. It, it is so much more sound effecty already. Yes. Like just in these in this first cold open. So they're doing their salute to safety to help them somehow. They don't explain why, but they have the K and B construction guys back at this point. I have an explanation. Yeah, they were a fan favorite of season one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They, why not start? Where you left off with a big... You ended season one with a big bang. You gotta start season two with a big bang. It, they... Why Why gamble? Just bring in uh, tried and true method. In the, in the writer's room when they were when they were first uh, workshopping this first episode of season two, you know, they slaughtered the goat and the entrails spill out and they look <laughs> at it. And the soothsayer on the writer's staff says, oh crap, on the podcast they make about this in about 30 years, they're really gonna like the KNB construction guys. So we gotta bookend... Se- End season one with them, start season two with them. Yes. Just, just, it's like they never left the set of Home Improvement. And I gotta be honest, it did, it did feel, uh, very orchestrated because they do not bring anything to this episode. They don't, really, they don't really bring anything to any of the episodes they're in, except for maybe Up Your Alley, where they were part of the narrative. I think that they do bring something to, I would, I take the exact opposite position of yours. I don't think they bring much to Up Your Alley. I do think they bring a lot to Bubble Bubble Toil and Trouble. Wait. Nope. No. Flying sauces. Flying sauces. Ah, God, okay. To flying sauces and stereotypical in that, like, these guys, I think when we looked mm. up these actors, they have, like, circus backgrounds. These guys are street performers, whatever. Oh, no. no. No, they're just guys. No, no, but they, like, but they do, but they, like, perform together at least. Like, no. No, they're not? No, no. <laughs> they're just actors. Listen, guys, in the alternate canon <laughs> that I've built in my head. Uh, <laughs> I th- oh, I know what you're thinking. I said that they were like them uh, on that episode of Seinfeld. I See, I took that to mean they were them. <laughs> 
Listen, 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 gang. Oh my god, I want to see that live show. You, the inside of my the inside of my head is a really interesting place, uh, <laughs> which is just everything is more mar- marginally more interesting than it actually is. Like, that's that's the fantasy realm I'm I live in. I'm a little in. jealous, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> You're jealous of me living in a world where I think that one group of TV supporting actors are actually another group of TV supporting actors? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, they they bring a lot to the two episodes, mm-hmm. you know, where, the, where they're doing stunts and music and shit like that. Yeah. They, they bring a new jazz to the show that it doesn't ordinarily have. When Agreed. They, when they just show up as a bunch of supporting tool-loving dudes... It's. I mean, okay. I, I there's a little disparity in what we're referring to here. I I meant they don't bring anything to the narrative. Oh, certainly, certainly, uh, certainly. In flying sauces and stereotypical, they bring energy. They bring zest and uh, life to the episodes. Mm-hmm. Would never, never, ever argue that. But yeah. uh, only in this and in up your alley, or not even this. I'm saying in up up there up your alley, the bowling one. Yes. Um, they do play into the narrative a little bit. Whereas this one, I don't, they're not doing anything big. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not, you know, they don't have their, their big stunt thing on the episode and they're, they give nothing to the narrative. So it's like, why are they here? They, they, they do precisely one side. Okay. Their whole bit calls into question what they're even doing on set. It's the tool time salute to safety. Yeah. And they, uh, they have, the K&B construction, you know, and to, and to kick it off, we got the K&B construction guys. As they come running out, uh, they have an, they, the K&B guys have their own theme music yeah. now that plays. By the way, your Tim Taylor is, like, on point. <laughs> Thank you. Now, the K&B construction guys! Hey, gang, it's me, Tim Taylor. <laughs> my, my, my Jiminy Cricket impression <laughs> is the same as my Tim Taylor impression. <laughs> Uh, because after Tim Allen did the voice of Jiminy Cricket, they said, hey, we've got this idea called Toy Story. <laughs> uh, so the KB guys come out, uh, and the reason that Tim has brought them on is because they've gone 195 days on their job site mm-hmm. uh, without anything, uh, without any th- disasters or anything going wrong. Except then the KB construction guys reveal on air, actually, no, we, we, have, we had an accident the other day. We were so excited to come on the show. Rock, was it? Yeah, Rock Lanigan. Rock dropped a hot rivet on... Oh, no, 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 no. It was Pete. Pete. Pete dropped a hot rivet on one of the other dude's heads, and it burned through his hard hat, and there's a bandage on his yeah, head. Yeah, on, on Dwayne's helmet, yeah. And let me, uh, let me give credit where credit's due. That's a pretty baller sight gag. I like that. There's yeah. a hole in the there's a hole in the thing, and then a yeah. bandage on the head, and yeah, yeah. Tim makes a cool bald joke about it. Yeah, you didn't lose any hair, at least. <laughs> uh, again, great Tim but impression. We're, we're also... Uh... <laughs> That moment made me realize even further that we're living in not reality. Because if a hot rivet lands on your helmet and burns through it, it's going to burn through your scalp and skull a lot faster than it is going to plastic. Yeah, yeah, you'd think that if a rivet can burn through something that's explicitly designed to protect you from job site injuries, <laughs> it's going to do a lot of damage to your dome as well. Yeah, seriously, otherwise you just should, you'd be wearing your skull over top of your helmet. Dear, um, dear Mr. Fenestra, <laughs> we, we found certain logical inconsistencies with your TV series Home Improvement. Please address our concerns. Uh, th- so the, the only reason they're there is to somehow help Tim and Al kick off their salute to safety. Yeah. They then reveal in the process that they're not all that safe. Uh, but Tim's, 194 days, actually, uh, yeah. Yes, yes. So Tim has them out they, uh, to, to kick off safety week. They announce that they're actually not that safe. Tim's response, with the guests already standing on stage, is to say, well, hey, before we start, let's read something from the mailbag. Yeah. So he's brought a... 
Like, the, the people structuring uh, that episode. Again, we're just talking about these inept producers of Tool Time. That's the real story of this show, is what are these producers thinking? Shouldn't the mailbag be, like, at the beginning or end of an episode? That's... Not like, here are our guests, but hold on, stand right behind us for yeah, a second yeah. while I address uh, this. Now, yeah. we have to talk about Tim's assholiness. Okay, we we do, but before we do that, let me actually just read some comments from Twitter. Uh, there's no better time that we could do this than right in the middle of this point we're about to make. Uh, no, Tim is Tim is aggro af in this episode. Yeah, he is in this cold open at least. I, I would argue through the whole episode. He, he's very extra um, instigatory with Al in this episode. True, uh, although Al throws it back in his face um, that much harder. I feel like yes, uh, but in this, like he grabs his letter. Uh, from this mailbag, which, by the way, uh, why not give Lisa one less thing to do on the show? The, but mailbag is just <laughs> hanging there now, next to the recliner. Also, Tim seems to draw a letter at random, although, as we will see in a moment, they definitely had shit prepared to oh, respond yes. to this letter. <laughs> the mailbag's just stuffed with copies of that letter. <laughs> Stagecraft. That's what the producers were doing, is they were handwriting the same letter over and over exactly, again. yeah. We don't have time to block out the episode. We have to get this sight gag right. And the guy, like, the letter, I think it was written by a guy. I missed the name. Yeah. Um, you know, states like, hey, I think your masculinity bit's getting a little too far. I think you're, you know, going, the grunting is one step you know, yeah, it's it's too much grunting. All you do is talk about man stuff. You're, yeah, yeah. Just, the whole thing is just criticizing how every aspect of Tim's character. Yeah, and then Tim's response to it is "fuck you." Here's a blowtorch to your letter. He he has he says like well, he's very sarcastic about it. He's like, oh well, I appreciate your your comments. You know, let's just take it right to our complaints department. Hey, Lisa, <laughs> Lisa comes out with. Like, blowtorch, maybe. It looks like a show oh, yeah. enough flamethrower Flamethrower is totally it, what I meant. If it has a backpack yeah. unit, this is what I learned watching World War II movies. A blowtorch is handheld. A flamethrower <laughs> has a backpack. All those... <laughs> if you shoot the backpack, it explodes. The infantry of all the uh, the blowtorch... Uh, <laughs> WW2 blowtorch teams. I'm going to get all this hate mail from all the, from the blowtorch corps. <laughs> What would have happened to those creme brulees without us? They just would have been, it just would have been a bowl of tapioca with no caramelized sugar on top. Um, so Lisa comes out with yeah. this thing, hands it, to, hands the blowtorch to Tim. He test fires it and shoots out this big black, this big tongue of flame outward. Yeah. Here's what I noticed: he shoots this this flame outward. K and B construction guys all scramble to like they jump and flinch and put on their their uh, their goggles. Uh, whereas he gives him no. Warning that he's no. about to do it Le on a safety episode. On a safety episode, Lisa, standing right next to him, still wearing the backpack, does not flinch, does not <laughs> blink, nothing nothing on the outside, yeah. nothing on the inside. She's dealing with so much sexual harassment and everything on the set of this <laughs> of Tool Time. She's like, this isn't going to make me, she, this is nothing. She is the dragonborn, Let this basically. place burn to the ground. <laughs> Again, dragon. she just walks out of the Tool Time studios, everything's <laughs> burning around her. <laughs> Uh, and then three dragons birth behind her. She, she, well, she was the mother of letters until they took the <laughs> mailbag away from her. Uh, but yeah, so Tim takes this jet and then says, yeah, and then gives, you know, Al puts the letter in a vice. Yeah. And Tim roasts it. Yeah. Like, this is the complaints department. Sets it on fire. Again, my Tim impressions are yeah, great. It's so great. And then, like, the camera goes close on his face. Yeah, there's no, like, Al moment to balance it out to go, well, that was an over, you know, reaction. Yeah. It's just, like, flame on his face, maniacal, like, 
It felt like a Halloween episode, and then we get a flame transition into the theme song. And I, yeah, and <laughs> this felt to me, look, this cold open, my my understanding, what I believe this is, is that after the first season, there was a lot of accolades, but there were probably a few reviews, like the ones we read in The Spectacular, oh. that were like, oh, it's too masculine, it's so, such lowbrow humor, it's not good. And so Tim Allen was like, no, we're going to respond to these people. We're going to punch back ten times as hard. Yeah. We're going to show them I can see that. what we're really about. And Because he seems actively, like... Annoyed. Yeah. It's like, it, it has a sense about him that isn't just like, I'm angry at you for saying this. It's like, yeah, you said this? Well, who's got the popular show, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> and he sets it on fire. Uh, yeah, it, it was, um... Wow, it was like it was almost like a horror movie for a yeah, second. There. It really was. Um, but we got a we got a press forward. There's here. so much. We're I still know. in the cold open here. It, this this cold open. It was frosty. It was. It was. Uh, uh, well, also, can is it too early to get to the grunt count? Because I think I can dovetail into it from here. <laughs> uh, can I guess what the grunt count is? Yes, you can. One. Ding 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 ding. Oh ding, my god! The, I was right, ladies and gentlemen. The lowest ever grunt count. We have had in this show was the premiere of season, and this is what was so funny about it. Yeah, in this cold open, which we're going to stop talking about momentarily, Tim, like the big complaint that comes out is, "Oh, Tim, you grunt so much." And as Tim is responding to it, setting up the gag with the blowtorch, he's like, "Oh, maybe you think I grunt too much. Well, maybe I should stay." Yeah, even asks the audience, "Like, should I stop grunting?" And they'll yell, "No!" And I keep waiting for Tim to that unleash quietly too, like, "No, no don't do it." No, oh, we had actually yes. Uh, <laughs> I, kept, I was waiting for Tim to unleash like 7,000 grunts. Yeah. But he didn't. I was waiting for him to unleash the blowtorch, the blowtorch, the flamethrower on the audience. Yeah. <laughs> well, he charged at them with a chainsaw last <laughs> That's season. Right. He's going to up the ante until the last one is just firing uh, a pistol at them. Yeah, you know, maybe, over yeah maybe he is like, I will stop grunting, but I will not stop burning and <laughs> destructing. You want me to stop grunting? Fine. You want me to stop uh, putting your lives at risk with my antics? No dice. <laughs> uh, the thing that made sense to me in response to this letter was for Tim to grunt a lot. It did not make sense to me for him to bring out a flamethrower, yeah. and I'm surprised that didn't occur. Uh, it, it was uh, it was a strange thing. It was a really, really strange... And maybe, you know, it plays on a little bit, our, our theory, that if the whole series has 359 grunts in it... Mm. Uh, or I'm sorry, if the whole series has 600 and some grunts in it, and there are 359 grunts in the first season, yeah, maybe we are going to see a, a significant decrease in grunts per episode. The yeah. GPMs, so what GPEs. You're, <laughs> so what you're saying is he actually is he actually is responding to what the letter yeah. wants him to do. He actually is maybe. bringing down the number of grunts. And this plays into the theory that Tim Allen's life is the basis for Tim Taylor's. True. True. So fan theory world. New evidence. <laughs> Truman, we can't wait any longer. We have to get into what this episode's about. Yes, we do. We do have to get into what Okay. Let's, before we do that, <laughs> talk about the theme song. Yeah. We get a new theme song. I think that's worth mentioning. Yeah. Well, before we, we talk about the theme song, let's just read a few of these letters. <laughs> no. Brand new theme song. Yeah. Uh, slight variation, not too much. It's still very rocky. The, 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 well, I think it got it got rockier. Oh, the, got rockier. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's Rocky too. <laughs> it's it's Rocky three. It's Rocky Balboa. It's Creed. Uh, <laughs> That's going to be season five. We have no idea what's in store. But what I mean is that they had Creed Bratton from The Office oh. play this super grindy <laughs> guitar bit because oh the, because the guitar is dirtier. Yeah, and the flute solo is more intricate. Yeah. Um. And I, I th this is a greater Patricia Richardson comment that may carry through the season. Mm -hmm. But as we find out in the opening, well, they a they reshot 
her bits in the opening they credits. They reach everybody's, yeah. True, I get yeah, to account for everyone aging. But Patricia Richardson uh, evidently got some hair tips from uh, Miss Marsha Clark, because she's got a <laughs> poodle perm. <laughs> that so is this very distracting. predates Marsha Clark by three years. Marsha Clark picked up some hairstyle ideas from Patricia Richardson. <laughs> uh, they all do. I mean, Brad's uh, mullet is in, like, full-grown oh. Chia Pet mode here. Uh, that was probably a cross-promotion for, the, for the, <laughs> the Chia Pet they released for Home Improvement. Oh, my God. I got to get those. And... What I found exciting, Richard Carn and Earl Hinman are a part of it now. I was very, I was very excited to see Richard Carn certainly get his his spot in the in the uh, spotlight. Yeah, and as a designer, they had a new font. Uh, it wasn't a particularly good one, but it no. was a different one. It and was that a bad font. Beats my interest. <laughs> um, then the last thing I think we have to mention is uh, at the end of the the song. Jill is muttering like, "Do we put the kiss in the thing?" Yeah, and then and then and then the screen rolls up. As that happens, and then it drops through the frame, and you hear, Scotland! <laughs> well, we don't hear a moment of scat singing, but you get what I... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, if we... Scatman Crothers would be a great character on this uh, on this show. Yeah, he would. He, 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 he walks in, and then, and then just Al hits him in the chest with an axe right out of nowhere. <laughs> Minor spoiler alert if you haven't seen The Shining. <laughs> Actually, it probably wouldn't have been a spoiler if I hadn't just said The Shining right now. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a joke for another Scatman um, movie, and uh, I know I know them. They're just not coming to my brain right he, now. He was the voice of Hong Kong Fooey. I know oh. that. The Arguably one of Hanna-Barbera's weirdest cartoons. It was the dog that jumps into the file cabinet and comes out the other yeah. side as the Kung Fu dog superhero. <laughs> uh, one of my personal favorites. Um, okay, let's just get into this episode, man. Let's just get deep into this episode. <clears throat> we start inside... Uh, Jill is preparing this special evening for uh, for her and Tim. She's scattering uh, rose petals all over the table. <laughs> yeah. And we, we talked a little bit about this. This is when Brad's out back and Randy's yeah. uh, being yeah. a creeper. Um, one thing I did notice, uh, a few improvements to the home. <laughs> they have new cabinets. <laughs> Wait, they do? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice yeah. this. All new, uh, like, darker wood cabinets. I feel I feel kind of uh, cheated that we didn't see the episode where Tim has the the tool time. People come in and do that. <laughs> and it takes six weeks. <laughs> that was a whole uh, lost season that they had. <laughs> season one point five. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know if you noticed this when Brad comes in after Jenny leaves. Uh, he hops up on the counter with his. Uh, Patented sports ball that seems to be Brad's. Uh, <laughs> yep, he's always carrying a sports ball. With patented him. sports ball. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing I love more than going out to the park with my friends, just throwing the sports ball around for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, did you see the name of the football? Well, it wasn't sports ball. Wait. It was the Binford football. The Binford football. Yeah, Binford was branded on it. Guys, come on! Wilson lives next door. <laughs> It, it was. It was just. You could have just read the fruit was there for you to grab. You could have oh my set God. that joke up for us. I didn't see that. The, so Binford makes sports equipment, camping equipment, power tools. Yeah, not not sports equipment, just sports balls. <laughs> Only sports balls. Yes. Are they like Kirkland, who makes like vodka <laughs> and muffins and shirts yes. and like motorcycles? Yeah. It just they, they Binford everything. is just the the Costco of all men's items. <laughs> They sell condoms, they sell cologne and aftershave, they sell, uh, I don't know, Call of Duty headsets. What else do men like? <laughs> I think that about covers it, actually. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> men, right in. What else? What other things do you like? <laughs> These two men don't know. Yeah. But, uh, so as she's setting this up, we cut to um, Tim in... Da, 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 da. 
Mike's Tavern. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, yeah. yeah, they're not eating stinkies. He's with the K and B construction guys and Al actually, um, all and, hang, uh, hanging out post uh, tool time. And like it's it's a scene of chaos. When it we first really is. There's more going on in that scene than I have seen really before on the show. There's so much happening. There's the rush of them being back in Mike's Tavern. Yeah. With the same bartender, yeah, but no, no lines, no, no lines. I think I find it interesting <laughs> that they kept, they evidently had just kept that set built, yeah, and good for them bringing back the same bartender. Um, but yeah, they're they're playing this game. What are they like? They've got their they're they're okay. So Tim and uh, was it Rock or Pete? I, th- I, think, I, it was, think... I think it was Pete. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, I'm sorry. I think it was Rock. Yeah, that they were um, <clears throat> they were holding measuring tapes under their chin uh, with the the tape extended, and they were rolling peanuts down them into hard hats. Which is a really weird thing to just suddenly see two people doing. <laughs> if they had kind of started it up with them explaining the game to Tim and him learning the ropes of it, it might have eased us into this better. But this is just in your face. They're in the middle of it. People are cheering. They're just cheering so fast. You're like, it, it feels like we walked in on like a uh, 1970s New York uh, dice game or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People, are th- people are throwing down money. There's like exactly. bouncers holding people back. That's what it felt like. There's a new contender waiting in the wings to come out for whichever guy dies. <laughs> All this is happening during this raucous moment. Meanwhile, Al is there with a big, with a big like stein of beer, (laughs) and his hair is all messed up, and he looks drunk. He does look a little inebriated. And inebriated. Oh, we're we're locking that. (laughs) Season two off to a start. (laughs) We've got buy the t-shirt now. Oh my Uh, god! If that's not a special episode down the line, Al inebriation, where we have to all deal with Al's drinking problem. (laughs) <laughs> Look, I I foretold it, man. When Tim is drinking a bottle of water backstage, Al is cracking a Miller High You did. I, I will concede. I was shocked at that revelation. It is apparently true. So for how for how sensitive and non-manly Al is at all other times, dude loves beer. He does. Likes beer. He likes beer way more than Tim. Tim, for all of his manliness, doesn't have a lot of interest in drinking or alcohol. He's never the guy who really wants to get drunk. Well, I don't know, because there's a lot of references to him getting drunk. I mean, like, like he, has, he has two beers in this episode, but Jill is constantly... <laughs> are, are, are you keeping the beer count updated? What's his total count? for the series? <laughs> I gotta go toe-to-toe with Tim in this, uh, this episode. Um, <laughs> how many Pilsners? How many Lagers? I mean, I... <laughs> This did seem like an Amber uh, Al. It was a bit... Amber <laughs> Al? <laughs> that's, the, that's the name of the episode where Al starts making his own beer. <laughs> Also, Al is 100% the sort of guy who would make his own beer. If, oh my if God. Hank Schrader on Breaking Bad has his own type of Seriously. beer, Schrader brow. You know what? We're just throwing out all of these great tidbits for a potential Al spinoff that we never received. Al and the is family. Is it too late? Uh, what, what, what are you doing? Did I kill you? That's a lot more dead air than <laughs> we normally no, have. Is it too late for an Al spinoff? Is it too late for an Al spinoff? Well, Richard Karn is still alive. Yeah. And but I mean, is the, is the market... Uh, Fuck it, man. We got a young Sheldon coming out. Yeah, exactly. Well, look. Oh, young Borland. Oh, that Who would, would be play the thing. young young Al. Who would play young Al? Um, I mean, so it'd have to be someone with a solid beard. Who are young actors with good beards? Mm. I want to say Will Forte just because he has a beard on Last yeah. Man on Earth. But, but he's probably not. older than Al than Richard Carn was on this episode. We need a child yeah. with a beard. <laughs> So we, bring me your finest circus freaks. We're having a casting call. No, I, I, I think. Well, I think the market is primed for an Al Borland spinoff, whether or not it's Young Al. Simply because now that Home Improvement is on Hulu, yes. stream it now. Stream this episode. Stream yeah. any episode. Watch along with us if you'd care to. 
uh, I think that, that the show was primed to make a big comeback. Also because, yeah. you know, there's now a podcast getting the fan base of Home Improvement yeah. turned up into a right frothy fury. And that podcast sponsored by Hulu. <laughs> Are you uh, it's not, but I want a free Hulu subscription. <laughs> hey, don't, don't don't make liars of us, Hulu. Send us some money. We said it, okay? <laughs> or just subscriptions. That's all I need. Hulu, how would people know about your service if not for us talking about <laughs> it? Because they, they do very little promo otherwise. Um, <clears throat> so they're at the bar. Yeah. They're they're playing the game with the Peanuts. Uh, Tim has beat everybody at this game. Yes. He goes to call home. Except one person. Except one person, who we may have just been mentioning. <laughs> he goes to call home to Jill, uh, and then... You know, he said, I just got to let her know I'll be back. And the guys are all razzing him for, for loving <laughs> hey, his Tim, life. Hey, Tim, those pants come in man size? <laughs> you have a functional relationship. So Tim goes and calls calls home. Yeah. Jill is lighting candles already yeah. for this romantic evening. And she's throwing down all these, like, signals of, like, I'm looking forward to seeing you. Do you hear me that? I'm listening to Billie Holiday right now. Point of order. Is Billie Holiday a sign that... Like, should I, like, when, like, girls tell me all the time that they're listening to Billie Holiday, should I be making moves? <laughs> well, listen, do you listen to Billie Holiday? Uh, yeah, but, but not, never in an erotic context. Oh, it's well, only, yeah. only when I'm, only when I'm pumping iron at my CrossFit class. <laughs> and oh, man. he's not laughing at the idea of me listening to Billie Holiday, he's laughing at the idea of me doing CrossFit. <laughs> I think that the whole point is that she's laying down these signals, obviously. You know, Billie Holiday, it could be Journey for all that matter. Like, it's the context that it's meaningful between the two of them as a sexual thing, you know. Uh, every couple has their own uh, unique Billie Holiday. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Mine well, used to be Megadeth. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, mine used to be Don't You Want Me Baby by The Human League. <laughs> Says a lot about me. Got a little too vulnerable there. <laughs> uh, so she's dropping these hints. She's lighting yeah. these candles. She's got the nice dinner in the oven. And, and Tim says, I'll be home in 15 minutes. Set the timer. Set the timer. Yeah. Beep. And someone hands him a new beer. And then as he's trying to go out the door, he was saying, I have to leave. Yeah. But then Rock a new hand forces a beer in his hand. And then uh, a new challenger has arrived. He's like, I've already beaten you guys. And then Al sits down on the stools at uh, the gaming stools. He's like, not me. And it was a great, like, little outro to that scene, and I'm like, why are we leaving? I want to see Al do his thing. I want to see Al decimate Tim. Yeah, I, I really want to see more situations where Al can reclaim some of what Tim takes from him on the yeah. set. Uh, Instead, so we're kind of left with this, like, mussy-haired uh, Al going, not me, and then it's like, left with a, this is all I have in my life. <laughs> I'm going to take you down with this beer helmet game this is and my okay again mussy haired drunk al this is coming off of an episode not long ago where tim had to coach al on how to unleash his primal masculine self so (laughs) i I like to this seems like continuity this yeah al is already making a play for season two mvp (laughs) Uh, i look man you got 23 more episodes to go don't burn it all up front exactly we cut to tim coming in sneaking in the door Two hours later. <laughs> a little bit later, yeah. And Al, uh, uh, Jill is sitting on the couch. Not happy. Not happy that uh, Tim has kind of ruined the dinner. Might I add also, Tim comes home two hours later. He does not appear to be drunk. And this is another yep. thing to my whole Tim, for all of his faults, is not really an alcoholic. He like Even though he stayed at the bar for an extra two hours, he, no signs of inebriation. He seemed to have driven himself home just fine. Yeah, that's true. Now, this is where the crux of the episode comes in, the, the, the conflict. Yeah. Jill's peeved that Tim ruined this dinner. 
Yes. Uh, that she didn't, that he didn't pick up on her subtle signals. Yes. <laughs> and subtle signals, the sequel to Neil Breen's Fateful Findings. <laughs> <laughs> Want to see it. I take a little bit of issue. I, I'm kind of, as much as I'm not on Tim's side uh, generally in this episode, I am with, like, this particular fight. Um, he had no idea what he was ruining. True. True. I mean, and subtle signals are not, like, we're talking a two-hour difference. Like, okay, you're excited to see me. Great. We'll have some fun in two hours when I get home. Yeah, like, the, the kid, yes, the dinner has gotten cold. Yes, Tim, look, Tim should have been more attentive to her signal. Maybe it's easy for us to say that as Monday morning quarterbacks because we yeah. had the benefit of seeing Jill lighting the candles and knowing what she was after. But, yeah, so Tim gets home two hours later than expected, whereas he'd said he was going to come home right after work. Yeah. So we're looking at 7 o'clock as opposed to 5.30, yeah. or like 7.30 supposed to 5.30, right. 8 o'clock. The kids are at grandma's all night long. There's a whole night to be salvaged. There, yeah, guys. exactly. This is a very 90s problem, a very before text messaging problem. Because <laughs> Jill, I mean, they wouldn't even have had to have handled this over a phone call. All Jill would have had to do is like set up the dinner and then pose with a little side boob, send him a picture. <laughs> Not even like, you know, no text, just the picture. And Tim would be like, peace out, guys. I'm going to go get laid. Uh, enjoy your peanut game. TTYL. <laughs> I, 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 will, I would counter that. All she, all Jill really had to do was just text him, uh, you coming home, just letter U, question mark, send that message, then send eggplant emoji, done. <laughs> or just simplify it to eggplant emoji. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> eggplant emoji, clock emoji, question mark. <laughs> We're so, we we just solved this entire episode, in, and, and we renamed the whole show "Sex Time." <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the uh, well, see, it's tool time, cooking with Irma, and then uh, and then after dark, it's ah. sex time. With or Dr. is Laura. it just tool time with a but, different meaning? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what it's called: tool time subtitle with a different meaning. <laughs> but very high on oh, subtlety in Michigan, Indeed. I suppose. So, Tim comes home, mm -hmm. uh, Jill is sitting there on the couch, very angry, he walks in, he's like, oh, why are you sitting here in the dark? And then he turns on the lights and sees all the candles, he's like, uh-oh, which, yeah. we got a good laugh from me, I like yeah, that. Yeah, there were, there were a few moments, uh, uh, a good mo uh, Tim performance moments in this episode, even yeah. despite his uh, dickiness. Um, I just want to take one moment to, to mention, uh, in terms of a little world building and universe development, yeah. uh, she says that I left the kids with your mother uh, tonight. So this is the first mention of Tim's mother in this universe. Before, before then, we thought he just was made from clay <laughs> by Wilson. Uh, this, is, this is a good point. This is a good point. Uh, evidence... Well, I'm wondering if that that means we're gonna see her see her at some point. I feel like again, when a show is on for this long, uh, sooner or later, I think in the writers' room you get to a point where it's like, we got it. What of it? They mentioned that he had a mom once. Let's have her meet the mom. Anything. Just get get stuff in there. Well, we do have a lot of weird continuity in this show that's surprising. I mean, he's wearing the Timbo hat. In this yeah, thing. still with the Timbo <clears throat> hat. Really respect that. Yeah, agreed. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, he also has a brother who presumably we're going to meet at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're fleshing out the whole family. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, the you know, they, they get in this fight this evening and then, you know, they go to bed angry. Yes. Uh, the next morning, Tim... Starts making breakfast, and Randy's giving him a little bit of crap. Yeah. And uh, he's like, 
yeah, we're we're not. Uh, you know, I got to make my own breakfast because your mom's not uh, talking to me. Well, no, Randy, Randy, and t- like he's making breakfast, and Randy's like, "Why are you? Why are you eating alone? Did you and mom have a fight?" Oh, that's right. And he's he takes so much joy in the fact that yeah. his parents are fighting. Like a sociopath. Yeah, because you know what? He was probably sitting in that tree with binoculars watching his parents fight. <laughs> He's like, uh, see ya, Grandma. I gotta go out for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Drives back home. <laughs> Videotapes. Drives uh, back home in his own car? Yeah. <laughs> who knows? No, he, he probably killed somebody, uh, you know, or got a ride from Buffalo Bill. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I like the idea that he that he is in the International Brotherhood of Serial Killers and he can just call on them at any time. Yeah, why not? You know what? The movie Problem Child is actually a movie adaptation of Randy Taylor's life. <laughs> uh, and, but I, I should clarify: the reason Randy was in the tree with the binoculars it wasn't to watch his parents fight; it was to watch him bone down. Ooh. Like he did not get the thing that he wanted from that. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, I'm sorry, man, if you're listening to our podcast. I'm also sorry if you're listening to our podcast, because you could probably be doing better things with your time. Uh, so, Randy and and Tim kind of have this little sparring. Uh, Tim sends Randy outside. And so Tim has made himself this nice breakfast with, like, eggs and bacon and all this stuff. And Jill comes down and, and starts like, hey, Tim, about last night, oh, you made me breakfast. <laughs> yeah. And Tim immediately is like, oh! Yeah, of course I did. Uh, and, you know, she's eating it up, literally. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, Randy comes back in saying, uh, how come she gets to eat your breakfast? Yeah, because yeah, Randy had been trying to eat the eggs and Tim made a big deal of like, hey, that's for me. Yeah. Um, I think Randy knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think he is uh, instigating um, marital strife here. There's an episode of Arrested Development where Maybe is trying to get her parents to divorce because then she could get emancipated, and maybe it's the same thing, played out over an entire series. (laughs) And so, really, from Randy's perspective, the whole show is a tragedy, because every episode, it's like his parents are about to get divorced, but then Wilson helped. Like, the real battle here is between Randy and Wilson. Are you posing that Randy's the devil? I am exactly posing that. Season two. (laughs) Season two, baby. (laughs) This is the thing. It's Tim and Jill are a proxy battle between Randy and Wilson. Oh my god. They, this whole religious thing just took a whole new, because now they become Adam and Eve. Yeah, oh my god. It just makes, it raises the question, what are the other kids, how do they fit into this? How do they're Mark the, and Brad? They're the apple the, of their eye. But the, So one of them eats one of the kids, and that's original sin? I mean, uh, in a lot of uh, the Wild Kingdom, mothers eat their young. Yeah. Why not? For any mantises too? <laughs> Look, let's really let's really just focus on the fact that it's that it's uh, the all of home improvement is a chess game between Randy and Wilson, <laughs> and and Wilson always wins. But, oh my! God. But Randy looks better doing it. This is I can't wait for the episode where Randy talks to Wilson. Oh God, that's gonna happen when Randy and Wilson finally have a conversation. It's gonna be like that scene in Heat where where Al Pacino and Robert De Niro finally talk to each other for the only time in film history. There's just all of this subtext oh. swirling around it. They spent so much money getting Michael Mann to direct that episode. <laughs> the uh, shootout in the middle of it was pretty good too. The KB construction guys all get killed. Uh, so let, let's if we go back to Tool Time at a certain point. Uh, there's really not much there. Do you have anything to say about that? The, the only reason we go to Tool Time is for Tim to stress the importance of communication on the job site, which then is really a backdoor for him to talk about how women don't communicate right. Yeah, he's got this prop uh, stop sign that's the like... The flaggers. Yeah. yeah, if men were, you know... 
Romance says stop. Yeah, it's a big stop sign he's holding up. And then he's like, but if women say stop, and he flips it over, and it's like, uh, if you really knew what I was thinking, you would know what to do right now. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, I'm like, you know, if Tim Taylor were an actual personality on TV, not a personality within a TV show, but, like, that would, like, ignite some fires. Y- yeah, well... Not to call into the beginning of this episode. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> he, he probably burned the sign afterwards because they still had the, the blowtorch. Or <laughs> yeah, the flamethrower, right. forgive me. Uh, He's like, and before you call in, and then he takes the flamethrower to the stop sign. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Al holds up the sign that says, that's Tim Taylor at this address, and then he sets it on fire. <laughs> uh, I think that I think that the case here is that Tim, multiple times in the last season, mm-hmm. Tim started crap by being sexist on the air. Yeah. And I think that the audience is so, uh, they're, they're so ready for that now that, that like, the... The audience is hardened against that. Like, basically, anyone who would be turned off by Tim's misogyny has quit watching Tool Time, and and everybody remaining either doesn't care about it or just is, or they don't even notice anymore. <laughs> it just washes over them. Tim's misogyny is my favorite Red Shoe Diaries episode. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of narrative. Like, he's just kind of more bitching and moaning about not picking up these signals, and, you know, the what I feel like was really kind of beaten to death in the first season, which is, like, men and women communicate differently. Right? I'm sure they'll stop talking about it after yeah, no, this no. episode. <laughs> if 90s sitcoms are known for anything, it's not rehashing the same point over and over. I'm, I'm really just trying to push us forward to this Wilson scene. Um, which is, you know, it starts with uh, the kiss in the backyard. The almost the kiss. Almost kiss. The almost kiss. Which, which is started with both Mark and Randy climbing up into yeah. the hiding tree. Oh, poor Mark. Like... He has a late-in-the-game uh, appearance, and it's only his voice. Tim comes out looking for Jill. Yeah. Mark ruins it by by yelling from the tree, Oh, she went to the store. Yeah, right. And then that kind of puts the kibosh in everything happening in the backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad and uh, Jenny go off to frolic wherever, and Brad and Mark, which I gotta interject here, since Brad is kind of being whisked away by Jenny, do you think uh, Randy is shifting allegiances and recruiting Mark... The former bully. He's like, he spent the last seven years beating Mark into submission so that he can just recruit him as a, uh, a minion. I'm saying, the first half of Full Metal Jacket, it's about that, that, that drill instructor breaking the troops down, and then they get to Vietnam, and then they don't feel anything anymore, and they're great soldiers. Somehow we still lost the war, but what I'm saying is, yes, Mark was easily manipulated yeah. and will believe anything and do anything at putty in, in, in Randy's, Randy's hands. hands. In Randy's handies. The two words rhyme, and that makes it a goofer. <laughs> uh, so, but but I, my favorite bit, the part that really made me cackle, is Tim is chastising Randy and Mark as they come out of the tree and says, Oh, you ruined your brother's date. And Randy goes, Yeah, that was the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great line. <clears throat> um, but then Wilson's out there, uh, just creepily spying on Brad and Jenny as well. Everyone is just like, we got to see Brad and Jenny, uh, you know, swap some saliva here. Yeah, yeah. Every Everybody wants some. Uh, and he's doing, I guess, what you could call uh, an allegory uh, for it. He is cross-pollinating. Um, he is essentially setting in uh, nature's course forward here. Yeah. Uh, as God is wont to do. He is singing to the plants. do 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 uh, and he is cross-pollinating them with, like, a feather or something? Yeah, he's taking the feather. He called it a Japanese technique of getting the pollen uh, from the pistol and putting it into the uh, 
receptor. The, yeah, the, I think the pistol is the thing he's putting uh, the, it into. The, the flower vagina. <laughs> yes. Uh, of the other <laughs> flower. And he is drinking a glass of wine as he does it. He is, yes. Which he is, was a glass of water when it started, obviously. <laughs> um, I think I'm conflating God and yeah. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> or does it just, it, it is water in his hand, but when he swallows it, it turns into wine once it goes into his stomach. But it's also wine in the glass, oh, clearly. okay. So do you say it briefly turns into water on the way down? <laughs> Listen, it's, I, I'm not going to question he, uh, God's, God's techniques. God is so bored. He performs so few miracles in his backyard now that he's just changing water to wine, wine to water, back and forth like a thousand times as Why he drinks yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I got nothing better to do except help these two plants fuck. Uh, but so yeah, Tim comes out in the backyard, sings a little bit with Wilson, and yeah. then asks him for some advice. Yeah, and... Uh, Wilson uh, kind of ushers him along to understand this whole predicament with uh, Jill, and he asks him a question about the the engine that they're dropping into the um, the hot, hot rod, rod that he's making, which we don't even get to see the garage in this. Yeah, that's a that's a rare thing, actually. Yeah, that yeah. is a very rare thing. We see we see Al drinking, and we don't see the garage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's a here's a question I'm posing. Do you think that we didn't see the garage on this episode because they were prepping it for something big in the next episode? Maybe yeah, you know that could that could be because yeah, actually they they use that other set, the uh, random um, Mike's Tavern, yeah, Mike's Tavern mm-hmm. set for exactly one scene. Yeah, I don't know, maybe they're getting something ready. Yeah, on we'll there. find out next week. Ooh, ooh. Um, but so Tim starts going, oh yeah, 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 listen, listing the like sounds of the engine. He's like Wilson's like, but you can hear if there's something wrong with it. Uh, and Tim immediately is like, oh, oh, oh. and that gave you, oh my god, that was. This was the grunt equivalent of, like, edging. Like, it was just, like, so <laughs> on the cut. There's such a fine line. Because he did, like, three things that I initially recorded as grunts, but then I realized, no, he's mimicking the sound of the hot rod engine. Right. So that do- that's not a grunt. That's an impression. Mm-hmm. And then, but then Wilson finally, like, makes the connector that, like, oh, you should treat your wife like you treat the engine of your car. And Tim, like, his grunt is like, I was wrong, Look, this was yeah. This was almost a zero grunt episode. Like almost. I was, I was being charitable by calling that thing he did a grunt. <laughs> uh, I, I support the choice to call it a grunt, though. Yeah, yeah. I if, if there was an episode with no grunts in it, I, what, what what work would we do? <laughs> uh, nothing. We would do we would do no work. We would call it grunt vacation. So Tim's takeaway from this Wilson talk is to do a bit of role-playing. I thought that that was a very strange choice. Instead of just going in, it's the end of the episode, and be like, listen, you didn't communicate properly, but I probably do need to listen better. It feels like a much easier way to end this thing. Instead, uh, it, the scene ends with a knock on the door, or the episode ends with a knock on the door, Jill opens it, and Tim's in a full-body uh, telephone repairman suit, calling himself Fred, who's here to fix the phone. Yeah. This feels like something right out of either a Cosmo tip to spice up your love life, <laughs> or just a straight-up porno. Uh, I have a theory that uh, Rondal left his uh, playbook behind, <laughs> and Tim was like, was going to burn this with a flamethrower, but <laughs> there's some actually pretty good tips in here. Yeah, uh, let's see. Tip number one, go to one of your students' houses and openly try to hit on her while her husband is there. That's good stuff. <laughs> tip two, dress up as a repairman. Tip three, a uh, loaf of bread, dozen eggs. Oh, wait, this is a shopping list. <laughs> um, so he go, they go through this little role play, this telephone repairman role play, and he, you know, takes the receiver off the phone, uh, and he's, like, wiring it as he's uh, 
playing this character named Fred. Yeah, he comes in and says, oh, I hear there's some crossed wires over here. Oh, this receiver is just not picking up signals. And yeah. Jill says, oh, it's my fault. Maybe I don't speak clearly enough. And he says, no, it's not your fault. The tent of wire is just a little faulty. Needs some tweaking. Yeah. So for how hokey it is, it's sweet the way yeah. he acknowledges that he was doing something wrong. Yeah. And it's sweet that the answer, he, like Jill tries to make it, oh, there, you know, I made a mistake too. And Tim goes out of his way to say, no, this is on me. Yeah. So I give I give him, for that, six and a half husband points okay, for the day. Okay, fair. Yeah. yeah. So Which Tim's brings hu- him to zero, because he was in the negative at <laughs> he, the beginning of this episode. He, well, he, I, I, gave, I gave him 27 husband points for uh, for look who's not talking. But then, <laughs> That's right. Then he just whittled away at that advantage <laughs> and then went down into the negative numbers as the season went on. It's, it's oh really tough. Um, but, so I have a question here, not to belabor a point, but... So I have a question here, which is, what is Jill's fascination with the name Fred? Because way back in Offsides, she has a thing for Fred and Ginger. Uh, she's always mentioning Fred. And yeah. she seems to get a little hot under the collar when she's, like, forced to call Tim Fred here. I'm wondering if Fred was uh, some sort of high school or college romance. Well, may, may, who didn't get a, a point in her diary because he was he was that steamy and, uh, and well, sultry. it was her college diary. Diary, maybe it was before that. Oh, okay, true, true. Like a high school lover, maybe yeah. that was the first person she kissed. Maybe the reason she doesn't mm-hmm. want Brad kissing a girl at the at the far too young age <laughs> of twelve uh, is because she her first kiss was with uh, Fred, and yeah. that sent her on the path to ruin. E.g. being married to a successful TV host. And having three unplanned pregnancies. <laughs> well, that is, that is true. That is... Uh, also speculation, but... Well, at least one of them. At least one of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I still pose that all three of them were, but there's no... I'm not putting any uh, judgmental uh, stigma on that. Hey, you know what? Write in with your opinions. <laughs> and we will read them in the middle of a completely unrelated segment while making one of our guests wait. <laughs> yeah, so... So, anyway, Tim makes this oblique apology. Then... You know, Jill propositions him for sex. Like, well, what do you what do you think about this signal? Do you pick up on this? And she's giving him a sultry look. Do you yeah, get she it? she does the like uh, the weird shoulder thing. Yeah, he's like, you got problems with the rotator cuff. <laughs> but then she comes up and says, well, how about this signal? And she comes up and kisses him. Uh, and I again, I we we mentioned we mentioned this once. She has a poodle perm for this entire episode, and it's just not what Jill's hair normally looks like. I'm not yeah. saying it's bad. She's wonderful. We all love Patricia Richardson here at Grunt Work. But it just it just. It's going to take me a few episodes to get used to. Yes. I would have liked it if someone had asked me first. Yes. Or if they could have eased me into this. Indeed. They, they just put it out there and we're all supposed to act like it's normal. A friend of mine who, uh, of 17 years, has had the same face for forever. <laughs> the same face. And then, and then he yeah, swapped faces with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> That's right. Best friends with John Travolta. Uh, <laughs> Lucky. He just recently got a beard and it's like hard to adjust to it yeah is or even you know like when someone has a mustache for a long time and they shave it off you're like who are you (laughs) it's the ultimate disguise getting rid of that mustache i'm sure if i shaved my beard you'd be like i feel uncomfortable sitting across from you yeah that would be the end of the show if you if you lose your beard (laughs) it'd be like if al shows up with no beard or that episode of parks and rec where uh where where ron swanson shaves his mustache (laughs) right yeah but so they she kisses tim and tim says you don't want to pay your bill, do you? <laughs> Solid line. I was like, that's a good way to end the episode. Yeah. But then as they're making out, the phone starts to... Like, T- Tim oh, has yeah. fixed something in the phone. He's, like, taken apart the handset and messed with one of the wires and then puts it all back together. Oh, you're fine here, ma'am. 
And then as they're kissing, the phone rings and the, the, the ringtone warps and gets all weird. And then the phone starts smoking and like catches fire. Yeah. And then you hear the dial tone with a hung up phone. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, he messed up that phone. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, yeah. And then that's, uh, and that just leads us into their kind of our stinger, uh, out in the backyard. Yeah. Which uh, only worth mentioning because I think it had a really great Randy line in it, which is, uh, uh, they start singing K I S S I N G. Like like Tim Tim and Jill are lying together on a recliner. Oh, right, in what, yeah. what context is presumably important. yeah. <laughs> context they were K I S S I N G, but they're lying on this recliner in what seems like kind of a postcoital cuddle, if oh, you yeah. ask me. Uh, and they're talking about their first kiss. Well, Brad and Randy are presumably in the tree. Uh, Randy and Mark. Randy and Mark, yeah, yeah. And they start singing that, yeah. and then or Mark starts singing that, yeah. and then Randy's like, "We're in the tree, you idiot." And so that's good. Also, though, Tim and Jill are, are lying together in this very kind of intimate moment. I mean, their yeah. clothes are on, but they're lying there. They're having these kind of these discussions about when they first were kissing and what that was like. And they're, you know, smooching smart on, on the recliner. Tim, Wilson is always in his backyard. <laughs> he is on you. Your recliner is right up against the fence. He's on the other side. Just, clunk, 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 clunk. Uh, howdy there, amorous neighbor. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, if I, if I were Wilson, I would be selling my house at that point because <laughs> Wilson has been a party to, to like three members of the, of the Taylor household now trying to get it on in the backyard. And who was the third? Well, it's oh, Tim, Brad, Jill, Brad. Tim and Jill, got it, right. And two I, of them were doing it together. I got it. Yeah, for a twofer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's your episode. Produced by Carmen Finestra. Yeah. Well, we should also say that uh, we have much better outtakes. I feel like, like these were legitimate outtakes. Yeah, these were these were good. These weren't just yeah. like uh, extended takes or like uh, one-time mess-ups. It was like a good little roll of uh, Tim beating Al on the head with uh, the hammer. Yeah, and yeah. doing the Three Stooges jokes. Yeah, trying to demonstrate safety equipment on the tool time set. Yeah. What I like about it is seeing both Tim and Al breaking, or Tim, yeah, you know, Tim and Richard, Tim and Richard breaking. Harden, yeah. Uh, Tim and Dick breaking because it just yeah you see this kind of love that they have for each other. Do you know what Tim's real Tim Allen's real name is? No, Tim Dick. <laughs> really? Honest to God, Tim Dick. Tim Dick. I don't believe this, and I'm going to make you look it up. Uh, all right, here we go. Timothy Allen Dick, born. Uh, well, you've got you've got your screen brightness dialed down as low as possible. Sorry. Enjoy this dead air, folks. I'm not going to edit any of this out. <laughs> Timothy Allen Dick was born on June 13th, 1953 in Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado? Wait, he's from Denver? So all this Michigan shit's been a lie? This has all been a facade. <laughs> Wait, what else has this IMDb trivia got for us? <laughs> well, that's His father was killed in a collision by a drunk driver. Oh, jeez. Well, that's... Well, on that note, uh, don't drink and drive on your way home from this podcast, folks. So the show notes for this episode will be posted on our website, which is... Gruntworkpodcast.com. All right, engagement. Um, But with me? Yeah, will you marry me? Uh, Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. (laughs) We we moved pretty quick from our first kiss on the couch to engagement by the end of this episode. (laughs) Let's wrap this up so we can plan the honeymoon. Oh, my God. Uh, If you enjoyed this week's episode, please share it wherever you can. It really helps others find us. And every time you share us... We won't make fun of you when you kiss your sweetheart, but we will definitely watch. <laughs> uh, on our website, you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter in order to get notifications for new episodes. You can also follow us on all the very social media places at GruntWorkPod. Yeah. Until next week? Until next week, keep on grunting. That's our sign-off that we're always going to use. Stay safe. <laughs>